So last week, I, is it last week? I started to speak about the glory. Hallelujah. The glory as an atmosphere. Let me say it again, that there are some preachers that will tell you there is no such. Because they base their argument on the fact that the glory of the Lord is in us. Now, for me, it's a narrow interpretation. Because the Bible says that the universe declares the glory. So if it was just on, in us, then nature does not display glory. Then, the trees, everything, nothing declares glory except for those who are born again. And that is not correct. So we cannot narrow all the teachings on born again Christian. The glory of the Lord is displayed in nature. The glory of the Lord can invade a room. Amen? Yeah. I gave you a scripture in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter number 5, verse 13 to 14. Exodus 40, 34 to 36. Ezekiel 43, verse 5. All these talk about the glory filling rooms. And we say that the glory testifies of the presence of the Lord. And in the New Testament, I told you that Peter walked with the glory. Amen? The atmosphere of glory was around Peter in a way that people brought the sick and put them on the street, on the couches or mats so that the shadow of Peter may fall on one of them and they may get healed. Amen? And then I told you what the glory was. The glory is the beauty of the Lord, the beauty of his character, the beauty of his presence, but the glory is ushered by things. In the Old Testament, we talk about the cloud that fills the room. Amen? In the New Testament, the glory is represented by an atmosphere around the people. And we told you that you can create the atmosphere of glory around you through worship. Hallelujah. Because worship is a pathway to glory. You need to understand that we are not worshiping to get the glory. But while we are worshiping, the glory manifests. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, I, must, I must make that disclaimer because there are many, ten, uh, uh, how do you call it, many, many interpretations of the scripture. And somebody may stand here and tell you that there's no atmosphere. And he will show you that there's no atmosphere. And I will come, I will show you there is atmosphere. You know why we do that? Because we forget that God is multifaceted. When we get a revelation, we box God in that revelation. And then we say, there is not such a thing. And it's not completely correct. Because maybe from your dimension of growth, there is not. But somebody else there is. Amen. 
So it's not everything we criticize that is not true. Our criticism is limited to our level of understanding. So when I don't understand, I can criticize. Hallelujah. So that's why we must be careful what we judge so easily. Because maybe our growth does not permit us to experience it. Hallelujah. So, this morning I'm going to carry on with the glory through prayer and praise. Somebody say glory for prayer and praise. Hallelujah. Aha. Uh-huh. You need to understand that prayer is a system in the spirit that allow us to be partakers of the decisions of heaven. Prayer introduces us to the counsel of heaven. Friday I told them that when the church gathers, it's like people from parliament or parliament that are gathering. Because the church is the system of legislation of heaven on earth. So the church can veto something on earth. And it's vetoed in heaven. The scripture says, whatever you permit on earth shall be in heaven. And whatever you forbid here shall be in heaven. So we have a system of veto that is in our hands. Hallelujah. And you need to understand, before I I talk about the implication of glory, you need to understand that, that, that prayer secures your future. Hallelujah. Because where you cannot go, you can send your prayer. You might not go to Russia, but you can send your prayer to stop something happening in Russia. Because when you pray, heaven moves. Hallelujah. That's why it's important not to neglect prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer has that ability. Prayer has that, that ability uh, to reinforce the will of God here on earth. Hallelujah. When people say, let's pray. Remember there is a story uh, in the book of Acts 12 where Peter was in prison. How many people understand that? Remember before Peter goes to prison, James was arrested and put to prison. And do you understand that James was killed? Amen? James was killed, and then, when they arrested Peter, the Bible said, and the church started to pray. Meaning, when James was arrested, they didn't pray. And I can understand why they didn't pray. Because they thought the anointing of James would take him out of prison. They thought the grace of the Lord upon James 
We'll rescue him from prison. Then they realize James is killed. Then when they seize Peter, they say, this is not this time. And they say the church was constantly praying. They were praying for Peter. And while they were praying, the church never went to jail to release Peter. But their prayers activated heaven. And heaven sent a representative to the prison. An angel was dispatched from heaven because the church prayed. And when the angel came into prison, can I submit to you that the presence of the angel in the, pri- in the prison was the manifestation of the glory? Yes. So, so the prayer activated heaven and glory was manifested in the prison. The Bible says that the angel came and Peter was was securely bound and sleeping among a squad of soldiers. And then the soldiers were standing guards. These people were not sleeping. But when the angel came, they did not see the angel, number one. Number two, Peter became invisible. Because if Peter was not invisible, they would have asked him, how are we now, where are you going? Hallelujah. Now, the other interpretation is that maybe the angel struck them with sleep. But what we know is that either Peter was invisible or they fell asleep because the glory came in. So the two things can be said. They walked out of prison. The Bible said Peter thought he was in a dream. Oh my God, can I submit to you that something will happen, you will think you are in a dream. That God will engineer something in your life. It will be so, so real, yet you will think you are dreaming. May that be your portion. Amen. The Bible says that the shackle fell ah, without a key. But I understand that there was a key. The key was a prayer of a sense. Because the angel cannot come in without being backed by prayer. So the word that people were praying became a key in the angel's hands. When they say, Lord, release Peter from prison. Lord, don't allow Peter to be killed. That became a key in the spirit. When the angel came, it was that same key that they released, that he used. And the shackle fell. The Bible says he walked out of prison. And then they came to the first gate. And the gate opened by its own accord. Oh my God. So the gate did not offer any resistance. When the gate saw them, he said, "Uh uh-uh. Let me open up. Because the king of glory is coming. Listen. The gate opened by his own accord. Then they came to the last gate. And that gate, the Bible says, they came to the gate that opened to the city. No, no, you don't care what I'm saying. So there was a gate that prevented them from going to the city. And that gate opened up. And that's where the angel mission fell. He took Peter through the open. Now, you, do you understand that this city is a picture of destiny? Mm-hmm. It means some people are sitting here. Between them and their city, there is a gate. 
And then they are frustrated because they don't know why they can't reach the city. But there is a gate. But God has sent me to tell you. That gate that opened to the city is opening before you now. In the name of Jesus. The gate that opens to the city is opening. Now they went out and Peter thought he was, he was in a dream. But it was a power that people exercised for prayer that helped Peter. Hallelujah. Now, praise and prayer are closely related. Now, people say, like I say, they say the glory doesn't manifest like this in the New Testament. It does. I will take you a scripture. Let's go to the book of Acts 16, verse 25 to 26. Acts 16. These people are really sleeping. Acts 16. <laughs> Acts 16. And, and leave them there. Don't bother them. They're having a nap in the presence. Acts 16, 25 to 26. Now you, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Somebody needs to sleep in the presence of God. My God, my God. It's in his presence that we sleep. You feel like that? Let me lay hands on you. Come. You say, what about the preaching? He gets it in the spirit. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let him find sleep now. It's done. Why are you looking at me like that? Is this strange? No, I'm talking about this girl. In blue. Is it a bit strange? No, be honest. This one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My God. What you don't understand is that when the glory comes, people feel heavy. It's called the heaviness of his presence. It's not just, I feel tired. No, there is a heaviness of his presence. And go and ask Daniel what happened to him. He said, My strength left me. And I fell like dead. Ezekiel said, and I fell. And I was trembling. And the spirit entered me and put me on my feet. So one of the manifestations of glory is that people feel like they want to sleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when that happened, God is sowing something in your spirit. Because God does not, oh my God, I'm diverting now. I, I, I must go back to Bible school and, 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 and learn again homiletics, huh? Your honest, because I'm not doing proper homiletics now. <laughs> Have you realized that God could, could not create Adam Eve without Adam sleeping? Amen. Do you realize that? Amen. That he was powerful enough to create Eve while Adam was awakened. He said, no, it's in rest. So, so, so sleeping in the presence is rest. And in that, something is being created, engineered from your spirit and brought forth in the natural. 
let, let me go in. So the book of Acts, it says, but at midnight, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. Somebody say praying and singing Praise. to God. And the prisoners prison were listening. Let's go. And they say, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so, uh, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bones were undone. Stop there. It's fine. Now, do you understand that what happened there is what we call glory? Glory is closely associated with shaking. Can, can, can I take you through scripture? Somebody say, take us through scripture. Take us mm-hmm. Let's go to Exodus chapter number 19, verse 18. Exodus, it said, now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled. What happened? The mountain shook. Now what happened in the book of Acts? What shook? Now here, the mountain shook because the Lord came. And the glory of the Lord was established. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to go to Isaiah chapter number six. Isaiah chapter number six, I want to read from verse one to four. Isaiah chapter number six. Uh, In the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. And with two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to the other one say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now see what is going to happen. And the foundation of the threshold shook. And And at the voice of him, who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Now, have you seen that in many instances when the glory comes, there is shaking? Now, in the book of Acts 16, what happened? Let's read it again. Acts 16, 25 to 26, so that you can see what I'm talking about. Acts 16, 25 and 26. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymn to God, and the prisoners were listening to, to them. And suddenly there was a what? An earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were un- unfastened. Now, have you realized that what happened in the Old Testament is the same that happened here? Now, if in the Old Testament the shaking was engineered by glory, why do you think in the Old New Testament is not the same? So, what happened in the book of Acts is that the glory entered the prison. And when the glory entered, let me help you right. I think glory. Hey, it's my wife, treat her carefully. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the glory, <laughs> the glory entered the prison. 
then the foundation shook. Now, somebody tell me, why are people shaking the church? I, don't you read your Bible? If the mountain shook, why do you think human beings cannot shake? No, this shaking, shaking thing I'm not in. We don't ask you to shake. No one asked you to shake. Did anyone told you to shake? So why are you complaining about somebody else shaking? What is your business? Even the mountain in the Old Testament shook. But do you understand that some mountain didn't shake? In the book of Exodus 3, when Moses went to the mountain top, the mountain of the Lord, the mountain didn't shake. The glory was there, but it didn't shake. Other mountain, when God came, they shook. But the mountain of Moses didn't ask the other mountain, why are you shaking there? <laughs> so the church needs to come to a place of stopping to criticize other people because of what is happening to them. You don't understand. If we do not understand that, we will miss on the glory of God because we don't understand that people are reacting differently from the presence of God. Wow, they, they don't need to feel it. It's your own business. You don't want to feel it. Stay like that. Let other people do what they want to do. Hallelujah. Praise the area. I say praise to my own preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so prayer brings the glory. So I say it again. We are not praying so that the glory can come. But when we are praying, we are, we are, praying, we are creating an atmosphere and the glory comes in. So we must be intentional about our prayers. Now, there was an instance also where the glory came in. In the book of Acts, chapter number 4, verse 31. Acts 4, 31. I may not be caught by time. Hallelujah. What does it say? Hey, you woke up now. Why are you looking like? Leave him. The guy is wondering where is he. The glory of the Lord is coming in. <laughs> eh? What is it? Take him. He said, Where have the toilet? I want to go. No, tell me this is not real. Yeah. 
God is restoring him. Hey, hey, the glory of the Lord. More joy to your life. We add joy to your life. Help her, help her. I'm looking for joy now. And I was preaching, I don't know. How long you haven't laughed? <laughs> Joy! <laughs> Somebody say, I don't want to laugh. Who told you to laugh? Just sit there. We don't ask you to do anything. <laughs> Joy! In the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one accord, and suddenly, so this is a sudden moment. I was testifying about. Stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Fire! (laughs) (laughs) You had a good laugh here. I was saying, <laughs> where was I? <laughs> you see, that's why we don't do church here. <laughs> you, you're planning and the Holy Ghost comes, take over and does what he wants to do. He give healing to the people and, and release them from oppression and everything and everything and everything. So apparently I was saying Act 431. I believe you. <laughs> Let's go to Act 431. <laughs> Somebody's catching the fire this morning. Yeah. Act 431. And when we had prayed, the place in which 
the way I gathered together was shaken and we were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. When they finished pray, what happened? The place, remember in the Old Testament, whenever the glory manifests, sometimes the place shakes. So whenever you see place shaking in the New Testament, it's the manifestation of the glory that comes into the place. But they say, when they have prayed, after they prayed, so there was a condition for that glory to manifest the way it did. After they prayed. Some people pray without any expectation. They pray, but they don't expect the supernatural. When you pray, you should expect invasion. Because you set yourself on a mountaintop. And that invasion happens on the mountaintop. So when you come for prayer, you must come with expectation that you have a meeting with Ancient of Days. You don't just pray. You, 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 oh my God, help me. You, you don't just pray. You are entering a conversation with a, whole, with, a, with a great I am. You are entering conversation with God Almighty. So you must know God, when God comes, there are manifestations sometimes. Sometimes God comes quietly. Sometimes he comes with earthquake. Sometimes it's not in the earthquake. Hallelujah. So, so, so they were there. So prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. When you get out of here and you neglect your prayer life, you are responsible of your own downfall. So you need to understand that, that prayer is something that is very neglected in the church. Because people say it does not work. Hallelujah. They say, I don't see results. I don't see results. I don't see results. Listen. You are not praying for results. You are praying to talk to your daddy. And out of that, result will happen. We have, we have just limited prayer to intercession or prayer for prayer, request prayer. We, we, we don't have a fellowship prayer anymore. So we need to come back to a place where we have fellowship prayers. Hallelujah. What is a fellowship prayer? A prayer in which we, it's, it's like a worship prayer where we exalt God, where we, we talk to God and we remind him of his power that he made us. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. So, so, so that's the power that we exercise in prayer. Hallelujah. There's, there's, there's a man in history, Shalfine, that was a man of prayer. The Bible, uh, not the Bible, his book. They wrote a book about him. And they said, Fine will go to a city and a physical cloud will set around the city. Amen. When Fine goes to a city, he looks for a bush or a solitary place where he can pray. And while he's praying, things are happening. He will go to a city and the spiritual climate in the city will change. Fine was in cities where nightclubs had to close. He did not preach against them, but he carries the atmosphere because he was a man on his knees. This new generation does not pray anymore. I don't know who I'm talking to. These church people don't pray anymore. They think prayer is law. It's in the law. They don't know that prayer releases you into dimensions. Mm. So if people in our days, like Finney, experience that, why do you think this thing are outdated? 
Actually, the revival that God wants to bring will be birthed by two things. Prayer and worship. So we need to come to a place where we again entertain the altar of prayer and the altar of worship. You want somebody to be healed. You want somebody to get a breakthrough. That's not your business. No. Your business is to entertain God's altar. And suddenly, supernatural thing will be released. And around you, healing will come without you forcing it. Jesus was walking to a territory. He never sent before him posters to advertisement. He went on the sea. The Bible says the wind was contrary. He went to the other side. And when he hit the other side, there was a madman that was there and recognized that Jesus was coming. He ran from his grave. He was sleeping in the graveyard. He ran from there and came and knelt before Jesus. How did he know Jesus was coming? Because Jesus carried an atmosphere. When he enters a place, the atmosphere in the place changes. Not because he was a son of God, but the Bible said Jesus had a habit of prayer. Haven't you read that in yourself? Okay. Let's read this. Prayer changes things and prayer changes you. Prayer does not change God. Prayer changes you. Let's read the last scripture I want to give before I drop the mic. Hallelujah. Stand up. You're looking at me. Fire. Sleep there for some time. Hallelujah. You know why I tell her to sleep? She's tired. This lady is tired. Did he tell me? Did she tell me? No, I know. I know that she's tired. Hallelujah. She's emotionally drained. So now she needs to take a rest in the presence. The mountain of transfiguration. Luke 9, 28 to 31. Are you getting blessed? Yes. It feels like I'm having fun, but I'm preaching. <laughs> Don't get it right. Luke 9, 28 to 31. Let's read that. It said, now about eight days after these things. Can you read for us? Go on. <laughs> Go on. Come on now. Keep my eyes Somebody has a problem with bladder, you're getting healed. There's a bladder problem that is being healed right now. Okay, let's go on. Now about eight days 
After these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain <laughs> to pray. <laughs> and as he was praying, <laughs> the appearance of his face was altered. <laughs> Fire! Help her. Have you finished reading? And his clothing became <laughs> dazzling white. <laughs> and behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> God is changing things in the room today. I, I, I want to focus on the scripture now. No. <laughs> he said, while Jesus was praying, his countenance changed. While he was praying, not before, not after, while he prayed, something changed. And then the glory came, and two men appeared, Moses and Elijah, they stepped, because the glory contained these people. They stepped, and they spoke with Jesus concerning his departure. Now, transfiguration is a function of prayer. I'm not talking about when Jesus comes and we are transfigured. I'm talking about when you are still alive. So, so prayer is a machine in the spirit that catapults you into another realm of glory. And you come to that realm of glory and you see things clearly. And, and because of the glory, even Peter and John and James that didn't pray were partakers of that glory. Can I submit to you, your family does not necessarily need to be like you. You just need to carry the atmosphere there. And once you carry the atmosphere, they will see what you see. So, so people that are saying, there are witches in my family, you have a problem. The witches are not the problem. You are allowing them to spread a demonic atmosphere in your family. Now you are a child of God. You just soak yourself into prayer. My God. You come smoking. Nah, not smoking weed. You. <laughs> Meaning, the smoke of glory is upon you. You enter the house and the house is filled with the presence of God. And when the house is filled with the presence of God, things are going to happen. See, I was in metric. Not even in metric. I was, and, and my sister hired a lady to help her at home. And then I would go to school. When I come back, when the lady's in the kitchen, when she sees me, she runs to the bedroom. And I didn't understand. 
Is this, is this auntie in love with me? <laughs> I am about to. Because when she sees me, she avoids me. When we were young, we told you, we told us, when a girl avoids you, then there is Isn't true. So she avoids me. And then I thought, what is wrong? And one day they were doing a deliverance and they said, this young man, I don't like him. And I said, why don't you like him? He said, when he's coming from school, there's a light that works with him. And when he enters the kitchen, I can't see, so I have to run away. Just to say, the demon around me tells me, when you leave school, they say, he's coming again. I say, it's my house. Glory. You want the witches in your family to run? Don't pray prayer of warfare against them. They fight back. You want them to run? Soak yourself in the process. Let the atmosphere of glory be around you. When you walk with the glory, demons will recognize that you have come. Jesus did not pray against Satan. Jesus walked and Satan bowed. The church is taught to pray against Satan. I have no problem about that. It's according to your level of growth. So if you are here, you pray against, bless you. There's nothing wrong with what you are doing. It's just that you are just a child in the spirit. But I'm talking about mature thing. People in maturity have moved from the level of praying against Satan to make him suffer by their presence. Heaven is not praying against Satan. No. Let your will be done on earth as it is. So, so earth shouldn't be praying against Satan. Earth should manifest the glory of the Lord. And Satan will know his place. Do you hear me? Amen. God said in the last days, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory. That's what I'm doing now, the knowledge of the glory. And once you know that knowledge, remember, what did I say? Worship and what? Prayer and? Praise. But you are not doing them so that the glory may manifest. You are doing them because you love God. So your life is a lifestyle of praise. Hey, hey, hey. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory. Uh, when people start to annoy you, you say, glory, my God. Ooh, when your boss is mean, you jump on your table, you say, fire. Say, boss, you are too late. You should have done that while I was not born again. Now I was blind, but now I can see. So I understand who is behind you. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. So I can subdue the entity behind you that is doing that. And I can say to that devil, back off in the name of Jesus. Leave my boss alone. Leave my people. Back off and let my people go. Moses didn't have to fight against Pharaoh. He has to impose dominion. This is the blessing that God wants to give you this morning. When you are going home, you are a victor. Please don't be beaten by life anymore. Don't, don't play a victim of life. Uh -huh. Create the atmosphere of glory around you. Hallelujah. Create that atmosphere of glory. 
set your mind in a way that you have a mind of glory. When you think, you can only think about the glory of God and his presence in your life, that's what you think about. My God, my God is awesome. Stand up, my God is awesome. If the glory could set people free from prison, oh my God, I'm talking about physical prison. If the glory can set them free from physical, what about spiritual prison? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Who have an ear that does not hear and want it to be open? Who have an ear that does not hear and want it to be open? I'm talking about the ear. Whoever hearing there is a problem. Who has an ear like that? That one prayer. Which one? Where's your mom? No, we're trying to test it now. But I'm going to pray. In the name of Jesus, let the ear be open. Open up in Jesus' name. When you go there, you do that to the ear that does not hear. You do that. And you say, open. Then ask her to close the other one. And tap like that. You'll see if she will hear. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here that is in that condition? I'm just trying to do to show you something. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So now you are set to defeat whatever is left that needs to be defeated. Amen. Remember, Satan is already defeated. Oh, yes. uh -huh. You don't need to fight with a defeated person. You, you can just cast him out. Hallelujah. Your, your fight is not against Satan. Your fight is against your own flesh. So you need to submit it and subdue it and then say to Satan, back off. So you need to have a lifestyle. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you're going to pray 24 hours 7. I'm not saying now you don't work anymore. No, don't do that. Otherwise you'll have an accident when you drive because you are closing your eyes and praying. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the connection that you have in the spirit whereby you can speak to God all the time. And then sometime you can take a time and have a private moment away from people. And then you pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you get it? Yes. What did I say? Number one? Number two? Yes. Number three? Yes. Okay. And when you do that, what is the result? And when the glory comes, what happens? And when shaking happens, what happens? Freedom happens. The shackle falls off. The foundation shakes. And then freedom comes. So if somebody, right now, if there is an atmosphere of sickness in your house, you can repel that. Amen? Set an atmosphere of worship in your house. If there is an atmosphere of fight, change it. Hallelujah. Set yourself into the glory and let God do what he wants to do. Father, I thank you for this morning. Oh, we glorify your name. We adore you. We magnify you. And may your glory fill the room. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Are there people that, are, that want to give their life to Jesus today? If you are here and say, today I want to give my life to Jesus, can you lift up your hand from where you are? Hallelujah, my daughter. God bless you. Stand up. Is there more? Yes. Stand up, my daughter. Come, come. Come, come to me. All of you that want to give your life to Jesus, just stand up from where you are boldly and come. And let's, let's commit you to the Lord. Just come. Just come. Stand there. Is there more? Is there more? Please don't hesitate. Just come and uh, commit your life to Christ. Please. It's your time. Hallelujah. Uh, Graham Temes, can you come and lead them to Christ for me? While we are doing this, look at him. Look at me. Turn to him. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad that you've accepted Jesus. Your eyes are open now. And what I want you to do now, the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, that if you believe in your heart, that you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you can receive eternal life. But you've got to first um, 100% repent. You can't just accept Jesus and nothing's going to change. So this is going to be the last day of your old life. And from now on, you're going to be, you're going to start walking in the new reality of your new nature, with the creation of, of, of Jesus Christ, okay? So what I want you to do is I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray after me. Is that all right? Okay? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive all my sins. I believe that you were born of a virgin that you died and rose again on the third day and you paid for all my sins on the cross. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to come and live inside of me. I make you Lord and King. Holy Spirit, teach me in the way that I should go. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this. Amen. Thank you.